Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of IP Frequently after a hiatus to celebrate the um, birth of our nation and Juneteenth. We are now back, um, ready to talk all things IP and PI. Uh, but first, we're going to hear a little uh, song um, from a band uh, from, uh, once again, the 1980s, Brad's Salad Days, uh, a band called Ario Speedwagon. Oh, nice. Um, Take it on the run, baby. Oh, I like it. Heard it from a friend who Heard it from a friend who Heard it from another you've been messing around They say you got a boyfriend You're out late every weekend What do you think, Brad? Oh, I thought it was great. I love Ario Speedwagon. Straight out of Champaign, Illinois, my friend. That is true. That is true. Do you know where they're, they got that name? I do. Let her rip. Tell our uh, listening audience. Champagne. There's, some people have called them a poor man's air supply. Also, also from Champagne, by the way. And I did not know that, but I would not refer to anything as the poor man's air supply. They named their band after a fire engine, my friend. The REO Speedwagon. Really? Oh, great That's song. True. Take it on the run, baby. Great song. It just, again... It, it misses that critical element that we've been on the never-ending quest for um, mentioning IP. It doesn't or do that. PI. Or PI. Yes, or yes. Magnum PI. You know, it's interesting. I had my um, my fine um, brother-in-law ask me my advice on growing, whether whether you should grow a mustache. And mm-hmm. I told him only if it looked like this. And then I pulled up a picture of one Thomas Ignatius Selleck. Mm. from the uh, mid-1980s in his uh, Hawaiian shirt. And I said, if you can look like this, you wore a mustache. If you can't, don't bother. You know what? I was going to ask you which of your brothers-in-law, but now that you've told the full story, it just doesn't matter. None of them are going to be able to pull off Tom Selleck in the mid-1980s. No, and as you know, there is a fine line between Tom Selleck and Lee Horsley, right? But there's a reason Lee Horsley never took off, and Tom Selleck is... To this day, the sexiest man alive. Agreed. On all counts, I guess. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a TKO. So here we are back in front of a live studio audience who are practicing social distancing, wearing their masks and face guards and masks, um, gloves. Uh, Some appear to be in full body condoms. So that's always good. Once again, all of them have their patents. Uh, for Brad to sign after the show, and he'll be doing that out back by the stage door. So uh, wait in line. And uh, again, he's practicing social distancing, as you can see, but he's fresh uh, off his chief um, family trip around the country. This great uh, nation of ours driving state to state, uh, checking in on relatives, friends and foes. Um, So, Brad, before we get to weather and traffic together on the eights, uh, how did that uh, how did that all go? You know what, buddy? It went fine. It was, uh, you know, not always a good time. I mean, we did put 2,000 miles on a rental car. So, uh, you know, that's going to bring adventures of its own. But by and large, the trip went well. We did get to see many friends, many family members, uh, the occasional foe. But, uh, you know, that just adds uh, a little variety, which is, after all, the spice of life. I will tell you that the eastern seaboard and midwestern portions of this country are effing hot, hot, Warm, my yeah. friend. Yeah, very hot and humid. And I, my, I tip my cap to those who have 
adapted themselves to living in those places. Brutal. Just brutal. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's summer, so it's a little bit warmer now than in the winter. I imagine that's true. I imagine yeah. that's true. It's true of most yeah, places. So that's good. Actually. That's good. We get to, we get to um, raise a pint or a, a, a freezy or a spritzer on the 4th of July. So that, was, that was nice. Enjoyed that it. went off without – that day went off without much controversy. So we uh, always appreciate that. Get to see some great fireworks all across the eastern sky. Enjoyed that. Um, and now we're back here talking, uh, talking IP. And I should say that, uh, um, our, our sponsor is IPedia, the automation of innovation. And uh, Brad, why don't you talk for a minute about that? And, and the fact that we sort of patterned this after Skynet in the Terminator films, right? In terms of the AI functionality in, uh, in IPedia only without the whole taking over the world and having to send a robot back to destroy John Connor thing, hopefully. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, hopefully, right? I mean, as is always the risk when setting up an advanced AI like IPedia, you could potentially be bringing about the end of the world. Now, you know, we're hoping not. Uh, as big of fans as we are of IP, we don't really think it's worth destroying the planet over. Um, but if we do, we, we promise to send back, uh, you know, someone from the future to, uh, to rectify our error, as it were. Maybe if we sent Patrick back in time with uh, a couple of select um, bright response assets, um, he could talk some sense into younger Brad and David and perhaps turn the whole IPedia taking over the world and crushing it with an authoritarian reign that hasn't been seen since the mid 20th century, uh, or, or, well, last week, um, in certain parts of the country, uh, maybe he could talk some sense into us. I mean, it sort of dovetails with our great award-winning segment time machine, but at the same time, do, what would a younger Brad say? Say, say like two weeks ago, Patrick approached you with a bright response patent and said, look, I'm future Patrick, obviously looking the same as he does now, but you've got to rejigger the code in IPedia to prevent it from taking over the, um, the, the civilized world. Yeah, but I, I don't, I think you got two problems with that scenario. One, two weeks, the ship has sailed, my friend. I mean, two weeks ago, IPedia was as powerful and as dominant in the IP space as it remains today. So we're going to have to send Patrick a little deeper back down the time tunnel, if you will, than two weeks ago. And secondly, the, the bright response patents, We've tried that with Patrick. He toted those around uh, years ago at this point, right into uh, an actual courthouse. And that, that went um, south, you know, poorly from your and my perspective. So you're saying the wrong message, the wrong timing and the wrong messenger, but otherwise it, it works. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not hypercritical of the messenger. I mean, I think Patrick could, you know, make a case as, as well as anyone. He, he wields a, a hefty mug. I think we both know that one that uh, catches one's attention. Um, so perhaps not the wrong messenger, but yeah, we're going to have to go deeper in time and, uh, and, and different, different set of patents. And maybe you could come back in time with a 12 pack of uh, uh, truly hard seltzers. And then someone could just crush those. So I guess that's something that could happen before or after the mustache. Yes, exactly. That's a trick question, my friend. 
That is it. That is a another number of different levels. Anyway, um, so what else is what else is happening in the world of IP? What do you think about the whole COVID spike throughout the uh, the the south uh, of the U.S. and California? I, 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 well, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out who's surprised by this, right? I mean, that's my that's that that's where I'm currently at. My investigation is focused on why anyone is surprised. I mean, I, I think we knew that. COVID-19 was caused by a coronavirus. I think that was well documented. I think we were actually told in early March that most of us in America were likely to contract the virus at one point or another, but that we expected that it would not be you know, particularly harmful to the vast majority of Americans. And so at that time, we were all told to you know, lock ourselves in our respective homes, apartments, condos, hostels, etc. Not because we were trying to avoid getting the virus. It was because we were trying to avoid getting it all at once, right? You, you might remember this whole flattening the curve uh, message that we were being delivered. And so, you know, like Americans do, and one of the reasons that uh, I love this country as I do is, is we did it. We said, all right, you know, our leadership is asking us to make a sacrifice. We'll lock ourselves indoors and we'll flatten this curve in favor of the folks that really need the hospital services that may come up short. And, uh, you know, once we've once we've accomplished that goal, you know, we'll be off to the races. Well, we, we did that. In fact, we did it remarkably well. And, uh, and then we went back out of our houses and lo and behold, the infectious disease infected people. OK, I mean, I think that's what infectious diseases do. I think that's what we were told this one was going to do. So the real question, my friend, is, OK, everybody's getting it. But if the mortality rate is not increasing then that's a win, right? For every person that gets it and doesn't die, that's a win. And if we see a huge spike in people getting it, but not a commensurate spike in the mortality rate or deaths, then we are winning. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's the part that I uh, can't seem to figure out. And I don't know why we're surprised and I don't see why we're alarmed. But you know what? I haven't talked to Dr. Fauci in a bit. Maybe I'm missing the key point. Yeah, well, I uh, I think I think you're once again spot on as uh, as always, and it's nice to see that uh, the governor of New York is taking a victory lap after killing all those seniors. So that's nice. Um, maybe it's a good time to go into the invention of the week. It's a new. Um, oh, I like it. It's a new uh, feature. Um, we'll identify an invention, and we'll identify a. Um, an inventor, and then Brad will give you the full background on that invention. Soup to nuts. Um, describe it in detail, down to the drawings in said patent. Hmm. Um, so that's so that's good. So the invention of the week. So the invention this week is ink uh, that was obviously invented by Ben Franklin. So Brad, do you want to take that away? Well, sure. I mean, ink was one of Ben's greater inventions. I think we can all agree we've seen it thrive uh, in its particular usages since the time that Ben invented it. I mean, imagine if you didn't have ink, David, I mean, what would you put at the end of most companies' names, right? I mean, nothing. it wouldn't, right. I mean, you would just have nothing to put there, right? Because well, maybe you wouldn't you have could put your, ink. You could put your, you could make your mark by putting your thumb on an ink pad and then just put, putting that there, right? I mean, that could still happen, correct? Yeah, but that's a completely different kind of ink. I mean, the, you know, the ink we're talking about is INC period, that key to company naming. 
I believe it's oh, short I we for some kind, but I, we can't. I thought we were talking about both kinds, but apparently not. Oh, I, I wasn't aware that Ben invented the, uh, you know, the, the writing and thumb stamping kind. But if he did, my hat's off to him as well. I mean, imagine that. He swept the ink category. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. Once, well, once he got the I in the end, he basically owned it, right? He was like yeah. basically squatting was, on that. was uh, his oyster. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he also invented certain types of oysters, uh, now that you mention it. See, I didn't know that either. But uh, I, I'm sure that he was at least, you know, inspired by the squid, right, who uh, not only produces ink, but also often will uh, name themselves with an ink suffix. You know, like giant squid ink, etc. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's that's good, illuminating. And again, um, I encourage folks to write us and ask for future um, uh, uh, inventions of the week, and, and Brad will certainly expound and expand on them as much as he just did on the invention of ink by Ben Franklin. You know, the real stroke of genius there, the flash of genius, as we like to say in IP parlance, was putting the period on the end. And any idiot yeah. could have put, you know, three letters together. People do that all the time. But but throwing in that period, especially in the 18th century, you know, I mean, that's, that's what made Ben Ben, my friend. Well, that's how you got, that's how he got it alive by the patent office. Right. Yeah. I mean, but obvious otherwise. Yeah. It's like adding that claim limitation that no one's ever going to meet. But Yeah. So what do you, what do you think about the patent office these days? What's your anything new with the PTAB that you want to uh, you want to bring up and discuss? Are they doing well? Have they turned it around? Uh, well, you know, I, I think that's it depends entirely on the you know position that one takes. I I, I don't know that the PTAB has you know, markedly changed its stripe over the last few months. Um, I, I don't think that uh, you know wearing masks or whatever it is those people are are doing. Um, has much changed their perspective. You still see patents going down at an alarming rate. But you know what? I, I do think overall, since uh, Yonku's rise to leadership there, we, we have seen the PTAB slowly you know, become a, a bit more realistic. Although I, I imagine that you know, depending on how things go in November, we may see a change at the top of the patent office. And then once again, all bets will be off, as we like to say. Is it true that you have thrown your name into the uh, hat for that position? I, I've heard that through the grapevine. DC is a buzz about that possibility. Um, I understand they've said that you could work remote and you would have to wear a mask, um, even though you're w working remote. But would, is that something you're interested in? Would you do it? Would you would you uh, uh, serve if called upon by uh, President Biden? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not really at liberty to discuss that. I, uh, you know, at this point, there is still in the very early stages of uh, negotiations. But the mask part's a no-brainer. I, I mean, I love my Lone Ranger mask. I wear it everywhere. Um, and I would be more than willing to continue to wear it if I were made the director of the PTO. So you're not saying no. I don't hear a no there. Well, I mean, I, you know, again, I, 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 I like to keep my options open, as you know. And, and I, you know, I, I know if I were to be named director that you would come along with me and, uh, you know, perhaps be general counsel or the commissioner of patents or maybe we'll just create a role for you there. And I think between the two of us, you know, we can do some good, my friend. Oh, yeah. I mean, remember the scene in Goodfellas with the Coconut Grove? I do, in fact. Yeah. Well, there. Uh, that's all you need to know. We'd run up um, 
you know, little, I mean, you know what I mean? Like a little thing, you do a thing and then, you know, you do another thing and then you do a few more and then patents are going out. You know what I mean? You, they're just going out. I, uh, I catch your drift. Then you have to burn the Such place down and just collect the insurance. But that's again, would probably be an improvement to what we've, what we've got, what we've got currently. So now it's time for our, uh, award winning, uh, Stevie award winning segment. Um, bronze Stevie. Yeah. Bronze Stevie barred or banned. Hmm. So, um, I think this week, uh, we had planned to talk about whether or not children should be barred or banned from going back to, uh, school in the fall, because I learned this week that, uh, my, uh, youngest, uh, my oldest would, would not be uh, going back to school in the fall and be remote using one of those Chinese technology platforms. So I, 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 I wanted to get your take on that. And then the question is, should, should kids be barred or banned from ever attending uh, a school again or barred? Well, I, I think it's a reasonable question. Uh, you know, we have yet to make a decision here in the part of the country in which uh, my family and I live as to whether or not our, our youngest will be returning to school. I, ho- I certainly hope she does. I, I think in answer to your question, I, I think the answer should be neither. I, I mean, I, I again, I, I this is another one of those areas in which I'm investigating. I, I don't understand the you know somewhat cognitive dissonance that's coming out of the uh, you know more left leaning aspect of our nation where we're simultaneously being told that if kids go back to school, we're essentially condemning all of them to a, a grisly death at the hands of a, uh, the hands of a carnivorous coronavirus, uh, while at the same time being told that if kids don't go back to school, that the underprivileged uh, kids in that group will suffer mightily. So uh, as you, my friend, as you've told me many times, you have to listen to the left, right? Listen to the left. And so I'm trying to do that, but I, I don't really understand the message since it's instant death, but we must do it. So, you know, as I oftentimes find, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really seeing a, a clear picture coming out of that direction. What could go wrong though? You just turn it over to the teachers union and they'll obviously do what's best for the kids. Right. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. Well, I mean, that's a, sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's what those good folks have always sought to do. Um, you know, certainly with the, you know, in the top 30 things that the teachers union has on their list, I think, you know, the welfare of the children is, is in, is on that list for sure. Well, listen, I mean, again, I I don't, I don't really like your tone. You're talking to the son of an educator. Okay. Um, there were my mother, (laughs) my mother go down that road, my friend, because I happen to know and love your mother. Uh, Yeah, I know. uh, And look, and look, you're not going to be persuasive with that argument. Other than the weekly Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday happy hours, okay? Yes. The summer's mm-hmm. off. You um, forgot Tuesday. The well, Tuesday was they they it wasn't called a happy hour; it was just called the pub pub crawl. The, but um, the hour pub crawl. Um, but yeah. uh, so, other than those those five days, um, you know, in that way, you just you didn't even know you were in the school, right? By the time you get to right. Friday, it was. You know, you needed the weekend to recover. Um, but other than that, and the fact that I mean, you retire with full medical, dental, vision, and dental benefits, eighty-five um, percent. I mean, it's like it's like eight, something like eighty percent of your pay for life. Um, and she gets to gift that to me. Well, that would be great, but no. Um, <laughs> but but, uh, but I mean, it's like it's like insane. It, it, and. Uh, you know, but the kids were on that list at some point, you know, once, once the, 
I mean, at some point. Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, I mean, that's really all you can ask from those folks. I mean, uh, you know, to get the kids on there somewhere. Um, and you know what? Maybe we're being unfair. I, I certainly know teachers who uh, love to be in the classroom and, and love to be with their kids, but unfortunately, uh, they're not well led. Uh, but in any case, my friend, uh, the, I, I do think the kids should go back. I mean, again, uh, all the science, uh, although we don't, we seem to call whatever we want to call science, science, and the science part we don't like, we call it something else. But it seems to me that the science says that, you know, children are not ill affected. Uh, by coronavirus. In fact, I've read that they, that, you know, at a certain age, they can't even get it. They can't give it. So I, I'm not really sure what the excuse is for not sending kids back to school. I've heard that they might, if they catch it there, bring it home and get grandma and grandpa sick. Um, but again, um, that's sort of been the cost of admission to planet Earth for millions of years. It's possible decades, to get sick. Decades. Decades. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, there, there are at least a hundred stars in the galaxy, my friend. Maybe more. Nobody knows. But uh, yeah, so that's where we are. So I, I myself would send them back. I think uh, I think that's best. I, I, and I admit that there's risk associated with that, but there's risk associated with damn near anything you do. That's true. And then I, our, our final topic tonight is we've finally come to the point where there will be sports. Um, your favorite, the NBA um, we'll be starting up uh, football training camps are kicking into high gear in a couple of weeks. Um, disappointed the Hall of Fame game won't be happening this year. I was looking forward to seeing the uh, Cowboys play the Washington. Ra- well, but yeah, yeah um, but uh, hold on. Someone just handed me a piece of paper. Um, OK, uh, Bishop to Queen two. Bishop to Queen two. For those of you who are following that, they'll, they'll know what that means. Sorry. Well, it looks like we're at the end of another episode uh, also of IP Frequently. I think we've once again traveled the country uh, uh, with the with the Xi family. We've explored uh, the uh, all the new happenings in the world of IP, whether it be at the district court level, the PTAB, uh, the uh, federal circuit or the PTAB. Um, We've covered it all. Um, I know the audience here are ready for brad to sign the the patents i think we've had a little bit of fun with our um uh, stevie award bronze uh, stevie award-winning segments um and we've pretty much done all we can do we packed so much into this half hour i um understand why record numbers of people are, are downloading this and listening to it oh yeah i mean who who wouldn't at this point i mean you know it's free and it's some of the best entertainment you can get. We, we do need to wrap this episode up because I know those who elected to come in our live studio audience wearing a full body condom are turning an alarming shade of bluish purple. And I want to make sure I yep. get their patents signed uh, before they uh, expire. Yeah. But again, so, should we go to uh, viewer mail now or should we wrap? Probably wrap it up. We'll do the viewer mail. Next you know what? Let's wrap it up. We'll have viewer mail for next week. That's a little bit of a teaser. I appreciate the professionalism you just displayed there, keeping our audience on a string. Viewer mail next week. And uh, I think with that said, uh, we appreciate everyone's attendance here in another episode of IP Frequently. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. I don't believe.